You're listening to CFRN, the Christian Financial Radio Network. Are you ready, Steve? Uh-huh. Andy? Yeah! Bert? Well, all right, fellas. Well, it's go! You're listening to CFRN, the Christian Financial Radio Network. Good afternoon, traders, and welcome back to the CFRN E-Mini Futures Cast. This is the daily broadcast of Indeterminate Length, where we discuss all things E-Mini, along with some really big ideas on the finer points of trading gold, bonds, crude, sugar, the euro. Joining us today, Mr. Michael Borg. From our trading desk in Chicago, Mr. Burton Schlichter. Now, to get things started, let's go to our host and founder in Studio A, overlooking South Mountain, America's largest city park. Here's Dwayne. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Today is Friday, third day of September, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. Whoever you are, wherever you are, we're just glad to have you right here, right now. If you can't see the screen I have up, go to our homepage at CFRN.net. On the right-hand side of the page, click the big microphone, follow the instructions. You'll be registered in about 30 seconds. That will give you one-click access to the show each and every day. It also gives you access to the chat box so that you can ask questions and participate in the discussion. On the days that you're out of the office or away from your desktop, not to worry, point any internet connected browser to cfrn.net slash live. And there you'll find a live real-time simulcast of the show as it unfolds. You just won't have access to the chat box. We also stream live each day on our YouTube channel it's easy to remember, youtube.com slash CFRN. Not only do we broadcast live each day on YouTube, but we archive each and every daily show. Currently, we have over 1,800 daily live broadcasts archived for your educational and viewing pleasure. And with that, we'll open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings, for your mercy, for your grace. We continue to pray for all the people who've been affected by this storm, from Louisiana to New York to New Jersey and everything and everywhere in between. We continue to pray for the people who stand on Afghanistan soil, who don't want to be there, no matter what their nationality be they Afghani nationals, be they American citizens, British citizens, whoever they are, Lord, if they're trapped behind enemy lines, we pray for the wisdom of our government and the strength of our military to go in and get them, bring them home, bring them to safety. Father, you sent your only begotten son into this world to bear our flesh and to save us. In his mission, 
he taught us about your heart. You are surely a God of peace who abhors violence. Wherever possible, you encourage unity. Jesus taught us to follow him, to be the salt of the earth, and to make peace wherever we can. Lord, teach us to be peacemakers and to walk in a manner that reflects the wondrous peace that is given through your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Happy Friday, guys. I've uh, got a three-day weekend here. Markets will open Sunday night and will trade to noon on Monday, but because it is a holiday here in the U.S., uh, there will not be a live training room on Monday, nor will there be a afternoon radio broadcast on Monday. But we will return Tuesday morning, ready for the week. Okay. Ready for the week. Amen. Let me give you the numbers from around the world. These are the cash markets, the indices. Starting here in the U.S., the Dow is down 90 points. NASDAQ is up 15. S&P 500 down 5. And the Russell 2000 down 14. In the commodity basket, crude oil down 35 cents, trading 69.64 last. Gold up $20.50, trading 18 32 last silver up 89 cents trading 24 81 last now that's a gain of almost four percent and it's worth reminding you that when the price of silver changes by one dollar now we're up 89 cents on the session when the price of silver changes by one dollar if you're holding an ounce of silver well you made a buck but if you're holding a futures contract, you make or lose $5,000. Silver's volatile, margins are high, so be careful out there. In the Asian markets at the close, Nikkei posted a strong gain of 584 points. That's over 2%. Shanghai fell 15 the Hang Seng dropped 188. And in the European markets at the close, FTSE down 25, the DAX down 59, the CAC down 73, which is just over 1%. That gives us a mixed day in Asia, a red day in the UK, and it is a mixed Radio Friday here in the US of A, with the NASDAQ, the only one in the green, and not by much, only 15 points. The Dow, S&P, and the Russell are in the red. Not by a lot, but it's red nonetheless. So with that, we'll go to Michael to get a recap of what happened this morning in the live training room. After that, I'll be back. We'll go over the logic alerts, the concierge trade alerts, and in about 30 minutes, Garrett is going to join us today. And... Uh, We'll talk about the markets, we'll talk about Afghanistan, and of course at any time during the broadcast, if you have a question, type it into the chat box, we're more than happy to answer it for you. Michael, I can see your charts, so it's all yours. Great. Okay, here we go. Um, bring this up right here. There we go. 
Good afternoon, everyone. Today is Friday, the third day of September, 2021. All right, so if you've not taken a free trial with us and you want to, then go to the homepage here at CFRN.net. On this page, all you need to do is scroll down to right here where it says free five-day trial, no credit card required. Click on that and it's gonna bring you to, come on. Click on that and it's gonna bring you to this page, immunitrainingschool.com. On this page, all that we ask for is your name, your email, and your phone number. You can tell us the biggest training channel so we can tailor one-on-one training just for you. Hit the send button and you'll be sent a confirmation link. You must click on that confirmation link, okay? If you don't click on that confirmation link, well, we don't know that you took the free trial. So you gotta make sure you click on that link, all right? All right, spreadsheet. Now, if you're gonna read the spreadsheet, you gotta read all the CFTC risk disclosures down at the bottom. Today is as I said, it is the third day of September, 2021. Today we lost seven ticks in crude. This is two days in a row we lost money in crude after starting out really strong. Um, well, on the week anyway, started out really strong. Um, that wasn't actually even the week, was it? That was Tuesday. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday. Um, anyway, we lost seven ticks on crude. We made 62 on gold and 12 on the ES. Um, today it took eight minutes and three trades to get to the goal for the day. At that point, we're up $110 a contract. We took a total of 19 trades this morning. So on the month now, we're at $1,530 a contract. That's over three trading days, averaging $510 per contract per two-hour trading day. Is that right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That two fifteen brought it way down. Doesn't seem right, though. 13 15 30 Yeah, that's right. Okay, so we're averaging $510 per contract per two hour trading day. We've gotten our goal for the day on 169 out of 171 possible days so far this year, putting us at $101,532 a contract. That's over 171 trading days, averaging $593 per contract per two hour trading day. Where are we on the month? 510, 593 on the year. Now, if you were to stop when you got your goal for the day, um, and added one contract per month, you'd be trading nine contracts right now. Okay, so with today's, uh, what was it, eight minutes of trading? Yeah, eight minutes of trading today. Uh, you would have been up $6,300, eight minutes of trading. Now, of course you say, oh yeah, what about the commission? Okay, well, let's do the commission for you. Um, nine contracts times three trades is 27 times eight. Let's go do that math. Okay, if you're going to an $8 commission, eight times 27, $216. Negative plus $6,300, positive $6,084 a contract after commissions, if you're going to an $8 commission. Still pretty good. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to minimize that and we'll get into the trades. All right. Now, first, we'll start out with the ES because we had just a, you know, just a couple of trades on the ES, and luckily, well, fortunately for us, both of them were nice, profitable trades. There was a good YBR trade here in the morning session, but I wasn't really, I didn't want to take it because we didn't have a great trend, right? We're just going sideways. With the YBR trades, you don't have to worry so much about the trend as long as you're on the right side of the YBR. So that worked out well. Um, then we finally got a trade over here that I did look at and take. And we got four ticks profit on that one. Then there was nothing else. We had a nice move right here, but we didn't have a trade set up for it. You know, arguably you could have gone long right here, but we really didn't have step three and we really didn't have step one. 
one is the trend and two is uh, three is the pullaway after the cross. Um, you could have gone long right here, taken a trade right here. It looks like it probably would have been a break-even trade or maybe a stop out. Um, and that was it. We didn't do anything again until we got way over here and I went short and picked up eight ticks on this. So put us at plus 12. And that was all that we did on the ES this morning. I was thinking it was going to get up to this level today and it still might, but I, don't know, I think as we get toward the end of the day here today, um, things are going to get really quiet. Okay. So crude oil, um, let's see, we started out right here. With, this is the highest probability trade right here, and I ended up missing that one first thing in the morning. Um, there was a break even right there, and then I picked up six ticks on this very first trade right here. I really thought that it almost gave us everything on that first trade. It almost gave us the 10 ticks, but it didn't. It gave us six. It went to nine, and then it gave us six. Then I missed this trade over here where I could have gotten the rest of it. That was the highest probability trade as well. See, bounce off the BPC. MA1 stayed red. Cycle was red, and we had good separation. Um, that was followed up by this trade right here, which also gave about six or eight ticks. And this trade right here, which gave me a break even. And then this one right here where I stopped out. Now this one was my fault. I should have bumped my stop to break even on this, but I didn't. Actually, I shouldn't have actually been in this. The cycle was going up too steep. Um, this one over here, I think, is where I should have bumped my, bumped my stop to break even. Um, but either way, I stopped out on both of those. And at that point, I was at minus 10. I had a break even there. Then I picked up from minus 10, we went to minus three. So I picked up seven ticks on this one. Then I had a break even right there. Then I picked up four ticks there to put me at plus one. And then I stopped out again right there. That was pretty much to the tick. Um, and if I go back and look at these other ones, that one went all the way through me. This one went all the way through me. So this one that was pretty much to the tick. You know, these ones that went all the way through me, I should have had my stop and break even. It was bad risk management on my part. But this one, err. Um, after that, we didn't trade crude again. Uh, during the break, it looks like it gave, let me just draw a trend line to make sure that that is okay. I think it is. Yeah. It gave a short from right here, this leg down. Broke dynamic support, gave another one right here, and that was it for crude. All right, so we ended with minus seven on crude. Now, gold was kind of a picnic today. Did we stop out on gold at all? 10, 21, 31, 41, 47. Nope, we didn't. Okay. Um, all right. So gold started out right in here. It was a little bit choppy in here, and I wanted it to move down before I did any trading. That's what I was saying this morning in the room. And it did eventually move down and give us a short right here. Now, on the very first trade, we picked up 10 ticks here. Um, I was looking for it to get down to here, and it went right through it. It was 10 ticks. On the next trade over here, uh, we picked up 11 ticks on that one. I was looking for it to get there, and it went right through it. I had the second number up here, but I was looking for the pullback. After we got the first one, I was looking for the pullback. And then on the pullback on this one, we got another 10 ticks out of that. So we went from 10 to 21. And then this right here gave us 31. This was the number I was looking for. We got that. Then it turned around, and... We didn't have a short right here because we were right on the MA1, so it would have been a momentum short going into dynamic support that had not been broken, so I didn't do that. Um, it turned around again, gave a, and this is really the highest probability trade here because we had separation down here. The cycle was blue, the MA1 was blue. So it went up to the dynamic resistance level here and it, it just went sideways after that. I didn't do that one or anything through here. Um, 
you know, this was a YBR trade right here, and that would have worked out okay if you took the YBR. But the next trade that I took was, so we were plus 10, then we're plus 21, then plus 31, and then I picked up 10 more here to put us at plus 41. Then I picked up six on this move right here to put me at plus 47. And we had a break even right there, and another break even right here. And looking down here at the slingshot, we didn't have anything else through here as it reset the cycle. Okay, we got a break even on the second one after the cycle reset. And we had another break even right here. And I was looking at this level at that time. Okay. And it, it stopped up here and it started looking toward the toward the short side. But you see we had a nice bearish separation, but the the black step line never got below the BBC. Okay, we ended up with another break even out of that. And then I missed a trade here, but this one right here. This was kind of fun at the end. It was our last trade of the morning session. And I know a bunch of people got this with me. And the thing that was good about it was you got into it. And I was explaining how it was a pretty high probability trade because the MA1 was going up so steep. And how this one right back here was a really high probability trade because the cycle was the right color and the MA1 was the right color. And I just missed that. And I was talking about the pullback and then it getting up to these levels. And then it just took off like crazy. And I got positive slippage on that, like two ticks positive slippage. Because I had put a target up here and it went through it. So I got 15 ticks on that. And that put me at plus 62 on the morning session. Then the rest of the morning session, it just went sideways. Um, after this move down right here, arguably there was the highest probability trade set up right there. I, I don't say arguably because we had just a short trend right here. Okay, lower highs and lower lows. But it pulled back. It did hit the BBC. We did have bearish separation. The MA1 stayed red and the cycle stayed red. So that was a shorting opportunity. And then we get into the break. And there was a short right here and a short right here during the break. Okay, and then it just went sideways. So we had a really good morning considering it's the morning before a long weekend. Um, and I'm pretty sure most of the people in the room, even you, Ryan, <laughs> I know you're out there. <laughs> Ryan was down a little bit, but then he had one great trade right at the end. And he made it all up. So now he's not trading, right, right? <laughs> anyway, okay, if you got to read this spreadsheet, you got to read all the CFTC risk disclosures down at the bottom. Today's the third day of September 2021. We lost seven on crude, made 62 on gold, and 12 on the ES. That put us up 700 on the morning session. Today, it took eight minutes and three trades to get to the goal for the day. At that point, we're up $110 a contract, and we took a total of 19 trades this morning. Um, on a month now, we're at $1,530. That's over three trading days, averaging $510 per contract per two-hour trading day. Um, we've now gone 169 out of 171 possible days of getting our goal this year. And that puts us at $101,532 a contract over 171 days, averaging $593 per contract per two-hour trading day. If you would have stopped trading after you got the goal for the day, and added one contract per month, you'd have traded a total of 47.32 hours so far this year, averaging $2,224 per contract for each one of those hours. Pretty good stuff. All right, so it if you've not- It is good stuff. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Do you want to say something about I need you to go back to the charts and help Michael uh, Jay out because he's here. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually sent something in that said he figured it out. 
Okay. So I, I, I can still do it. I'll do it anyway. But and you want to go back to this? So that's pretty good stuff. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um. Yeah, Ryan. I can I can send you a link to it. Okay, you'll have to just clear out all my stuff. Leave all the formulas there. I mean, to do that, all you have to do is just like go in, go in like this, and just click that, to that, oops, that, and hold down Shift to that, and then just hit the Delete button. It'll clear out all my stuff. Okay, and you can put it in your own. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was saying, if you've not taken a free trial with us and you want to go to the homepage here, it's, yeah, you can go to eminitrainingschool.com. On this page, all that we ask for is your name, your email, and your phone number. That's eminitrainingschool.com. Tell us the biggest training challenge so we can tailor one-on-one training just for you. Hit the send button and you'll be sent to confirmation link. You must click on that confirmation link. Okay, if you don't click the link, we don't know that you took the free trial. All right, now. Uh, what Val was talking about, and this is for Michael J. I think he said he figured it out. And what I suspect you had is probably two CFCFRNs on your chart. And I'll do what I suspect you had. You had this with this with this, and this was set to right in here, line like that. Okay, so you had one that was a line. And then when you changed the one that you thought you changed, it was a black step line. And then you had the other one sitting in the background like that. But if you go and delete that second one, then you just have the one like that, right? Okay, good. I don't know. I mean, I set it up for you, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but I know by default, this comes in as a line now. And it should, you know, if you want it to be just like mine, you want it to be a step line. And so to get that, you go up here into collections, and the BL is the bottom one in DT Pro. It's this one. Just right in here, select step line. By default, it's this. So you go to there like that. Okay. All right. That's it, guys. With that, we can pass it back out to Fabulous Phoenix, Arizona, Studio A, Old South Mountain, America's largest city park. Dwayne, if you are ready. Okay, recap of the recap. Today it took eight minutes and three trades to get to the goal for the day, and at that point we're up $110 per contract. Good job. Thank you. Garrett, guys, is going to join us here in about, oh, 15, 20 minutes. We're going to go over some of the headlines uh, once he comes on, because I want to get his opinion on a couple of the different things. One of the things we'll be talking about is Glenn Beck. Some of you, probably most of you know who Glenn Beck is. Uh, and most of you, or many of you, know who televangelist Kenneth Copeland is. So while our government was twiddling their thumbs, not getting people out of Afghanistan, Glenn Beck took it upon himself to do what the American government should have done. He rescued over 5,000 refugees using Kenneth Copeland's 
private jet. Now, Pete Kenneth Coleman has always taken a lot of heat. He not only has one jet, he has two jets. And they're saying, well, you know, you're a preacher, you shouldn't have jets. And Kenneth has always said, you know, these jets are used for ministry purposes. And so when Glenn Beck, who runs the Nazarene Fund, he did not use money from the Nazarene Fund to fund this rescue effort. He took money out of his own pocket. <clears throat> Obviously, he's done well over the years. But he turned to his friend, Kenneth Copeland, and said, hey, if I fund this thing, could I use your jet to get these people, Christians, Afghanistan Christians, out of Afghanistan? And Kenneth Copeland said, here's the keys. I don't know if jets have keys or not, but you get the idea. So we'll talk a little bit about that and some other headlines later in the show. Uh, but for now, we'll just jump into the recap and uh, we'll talk with Garrett when he gets here. Okay, it's been a challenging week and I'll show you how challenging it has been. Michael, of course, has been doing real good in the live training room and we've done well too. I mean, over 161 weeks. We've averaged 20% of the Logic 247 alerts getting stopped out based on not risking more than $300 per contract per trade, less when possible using market structure and a simple three-step process we teach all of our traders. It's possible we could close out this week above 20%. And you know what? That's okay. Because we've had a lot of weeks over the last 161 weeks where we were at 3% or 4% or 5 or 7 or 10 or 11. So uh, we won't let this shake us up. But the day is not over and there's still maybe trading opportunities to come. Now the Logic Alert Channel opens for business Sunday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. Stays open around the clock till Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern. So far this week, we issued 64 individual alerts those are alerts with an entry, with an initial target, a second, a third, maybe even a fourth target, and then a final trade to target. Of the 64, 16 never triggered, still waiting on the outcome of three. So we've had 45 actionable alerts, of which 10 or 22% would have been stopped out based on not risking more than $300 per contract, per trade, less when possible, using market structure and that simple three-step process. <clears throat> now, for anyone who's not uh, familiar with the alerts, the structure, what they look like, I don't think I've gone through those this week. We've just jumped right into the concierge alerts. And by the way, I am going to get a silent keyboard and mouse uh, this weekend. That's my project. Uh, I'm glad Dr. Tom mentioned it yesterday because I know it's really loud on your end. So here we go. Last week, Logic 247, we had 67 alerts, of which 12 never triggered, two carried over to this week. So we had 53 actionable alerts, of which nine or 17% would have been stopped out using that $300 risk profile. Now, week 161, here's the two that carried over. Okay, one ran to the target, one got stopped out. So those were from week 160, okay? 
And then Sunday night, first alert coming out of the gate, S&P stopped out. And then we had a long on the Russell that never triggered. We had a long on the NQ. Now, B means buy. T is initial target. The second target on a long alert is called potential resistance. On a short, it's potential support. So first target, second target, final target. Trading one contract, this alert would have been worth $1,965. I may have mentioned in the past, a passport's only five grand, 49.97 uh, to be exact. Unless you're already a member and then you can upgrade for less than that. Uh, but think about the possibilities. That's $1,965 per contract traded. Crude oil, no trigger. That means price just never got to the trigger. Uh, and after a certain amount of time elapses, we just write it off because we, we don't want to miss other opportunities waiting for something to trigger. So after, you know, it's like a couple days, Valerie marks it with disease and then we move on to another alert in that particular market. Uh, this was a long on gold. This was a long on silver. That was worth $300 per contract traded. No trigger on the Dow, no trigger on the S&P. Uh, this was a short on the Dow. This was a long on the S&P. That was all Sunday night and now we roll into Monday. Here's a long on the S&P. Here's a long on the Dow. Stop out on the Russell. A long on the NQ. That was $335 per contract traded. Now, these numbers, that's where the swing was at the time Valerie came through and did the recap. It may have gone on beyond at that point, okay? But there was at least this much available on the first trigger. This is a long on crude, stop out on gold, a short on silver. And there was an error on alert 82.16. It should have read as follows. This was a short on gold, 360 bucks per contract traded. Stop out on crude oil. So now we're into Tuesday long on the Dow, stop out on crude, no trigger, no trigger. Here's a short on the S&P, $425 per contract traded. Uh, stop out on silver, stop out on the S&P, short on the Russell, no trigger on the Dow, long on the S&P, long on the Dow, long on the Russell, long on gold. Now this Russell uh, alert was worth $560 per contract traded. Uh, this gold alert was worth $270 per contract traded. And then we had a no trigger on the Russell and the NQ and crude. We had a long on gold. We had a long on the Russell. 
we had a short on crude we had a long on silver this was a long on crude short on the NQ no trigger no trigger no trigger and then we had a long on the Russell a stop out on the S&P we had a long on the Dow we had a long on crude oil no trigger no trigger short on the Russell stop out on the hedge of the Russell uh, long on the S&P short on crude oil short on the NQ uh, a hedge on crude long uh, short on the NQ and then we're still waiting still waiting still waiting here's a long on the NQ and here's a long on gold and so again this is what we call a rough week so if those results look pretty good to you well that's great glad to have you with us okay now that's week 161 and over the last 161 weeks we've averaged 20 percent being stopped out we don't know what's going to happen next nobody does i don't care what they tell you it's not how god created this universe but with our methodology our strategy and our indicators we do know with great certainty what the next high probability move is and after 8,200 and something trades over 161 weeks, we have found that the market does not do the next high probability thing on average 20% of the time on the first trigger. If you go back and take a look at the second and third trigger, you'll see that it often does go on to do the high probability thing. It just gets stopped out first. And so once an alert triggers, there's a high probability it's going to trigger again in fact multiple times but we only recap that first trigger whether it's a stop out or it runs to the target we recap only the first trigger but you would do yourself well to go back and study the charts and see what happens after an alert stops out I'll let you do the work but I'll give you a hint about 70% of the time on that second trigger price does do the next high probability thing but we don't count that for the purpose of the recap now <clears throat> those alerts which come out around the clock are based on current price action our original alert service the concierge trade alerts those are based on historic price action and these come out as a static report shortly after the Globex opened each evening. Last night, 10 minutes after the markets opened, this report comes out. There's two numbers for each market. What you do is you draw a line in the sand, in this case, on the S&P at 4539 and a line at 4530. If price starts trending up towards 39, that's bullish. So our strategy will look for opportunities to buy the market you will use everything you learn in the live training room to find opportunities to 
by the market, even as it's climbing towards 45.39. If price starts dropping to 45.30, that's bearish. Our strategy will look for opportunities to sell the market, and you'll use all the things you learn each day in the live training room to use our methodology to find opportunities to be short the market. So if you want a screenshot, go ahead and grab it. Five, four, three, two, one. And we'll go to the chart. Start out with the S&P daily, where, yes, again today. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move, we're gonna move the needle one more time. I don't know how many times we'll move it, but we're going to move it today. All right, we have a new all-time historic intraday high. Will we have a new all-time historic closing high like we did yesterday? I can't answer that question until the market closes today. And then we'll all know. Okay. Now, we're basically at the 62% Fib extension of the last leg up. We expect that to be good resistance. We've been talking about it for days. And I would say that's pretty good resistance because the swing high was 45, 49, 50. And from 45, 49, we've dropped to a low of 45, 19. So 30 point drop at $50 a point. That's $1,500 per contract traded. And the market turned right where 14th century math told us that we should expect the market to find resistance. Now, if buyers muster their strength, because we're sitting on top of support here at the step line and blue and climbing, if buyers come in and are truly committed to their positions, first resistance on the daily chart, of course, would be the high of the day or the 62% Fib extension. After that, we've got some room to run until we hit that 100% Fib extension. Now that's, that's your resistance overhead. Your support below is, of course, blue and climbing, step line, and the low of the session, which again, 45.19 and a quarter. Price drops below 45.19 and a quarter. I drew this in last night during the workshop. Okay. This is the 24% Fib retracement of the last leg up. The low was put in August 19th. The high was put in today. That puts the 24% Fib retracement at 45.02. So if we take out the low of today, and if we take out the low of August 31st, then we have a window of opportunity here, uh, roughly 10 points, 45.10 or 45.12 down to 45.02. 10 points, $50 a point, $500 per contract traded. Now, when we hit a FIB on the daily chart, not only do we see it, but the world sees it. The institutions, the funds, the deep pocket traders, they watch daily and weekly charts the way we watch five minute charts and range charts and 30 minute charts. So when this 
price makes it down to the 24% Fib retracement. And if it doesn't do it today, it will do it eventually. And I'm, it doesn't look like it's going to happen today. Historically, U.S. markets rally into a holiday weekend. But when price does get to that 24% Fib, maybe it's maybe it happens Sunday night. Now, there'll be very light trading Sunday night and Monday, okay? Even though the Globex markets are open Monday until 12 noon Eastern, there'll be very little participation. And when there's very little participation, it is easy for the, I don't know if it's easy, it's simpler for the deep pockets to move price wherever they want it. So if, if you believe in market manipulation, one of the best times for it to happen is on a weekend like this, Sunday night and Monday, where deep pockets can push price in either direction because they don't have a lot of resistance. Now, Monday night, markets will open 6 p.m. Eastern. That begins at the Tuesday session. And then by Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, Wall Street's back at work in full force. We'll see where we stand there. What I'm interested to see is if we were to drop through the 24% Fib, here's the 38. Now we had a swing high at this level. We had a swing low at this level. The daily BBC is right at that level. And that level is the 38% Fib retracement. So with one, two, three, four things coming together right here, I feel like that's sort of a magnet that could draw price. Now that's not a forecast, it's simply an observation. Okay, I was just checking to see if our friend Garrett's here yet. I don't wanna keep him waiting. No, not yet, so we'll keep going. So we know where resistance is, we know where support is. Last night, we had a good discussion going, uh, myself, Stefan, and some other folks, about, I think it was the NQ chart we were looking at where we have three daily dojis. We'll take a look at that here in a little bit uh, later in the program. Let's jump to the 30-minute chart. Last night, when the markets opened, right here, this vertical line separates Thursday from today, Friday. So the CTA was 45.39. The target is always on a long, is always the final target is the zone overhead at 45.42. So that was three points. Now we cruised right through it, okay? I can put in a high of 45.45, so it was about a six-point run. But the target was just three points, but I'll take three points any day. When price runs into resistance that it can't overcome, it turns around and goes and looks for support, which it found at the BBC. That support sent us back to the weekly trading zone where we consolidated for quite a few hours. And then right here, at 8.30 this morning, when the news came out, we caught a spike that took us up to the new all-time historic high. And then price came down, fell out of bed, 
Here was the short CTA at 45.30. And we dropped right to the target at 45.20 slash 21. It's a 10 point move at $50 a point, $500 per contract traded. Last night in the workshop, I drew in this, and there it is, and then I drew in this, and there it is. Zone to zone. It's a beautiful thing. We've published the zone since December 14th of 2009. Our members get the zones Monday morning, 6.15 a.m. Eastern. Because of this holiday weekend, you'll get them Tuesday morning at 6.15 a.m. Eastern. But you've got a chance to get them on your charts before Wall Street opens for the week. Now, once we publish the zones, they are carved in stone for the entire week. They don't change. We don't massage them. We don't manipulate them. On the Dow, the long CTA, 35,475, and the short CTA was 35,360. So we hit the target on the long side from 475 uh, to 5505. So what do we got? 25, 30 points? 470, yeah. Yeah, that'd be right. And then price got back below the trigger and did it again. Important prices, important areas are almost always tested. Once an alert triggers, you should expect it to trigger again. Now, not all triggers are created equal. See, on this long move, we've got blue and climbing. Now, you have a trigger right here, but you also have red and falling. You do not want to go long into resistance. Blue and climbing represents support. It's bullish. We anticipate higher prices. But when that changes to red and falling, now we anticipate lower prices. And that's exactly what we got. <coughs> Price came down, triggered <clears throat> the CTA at 35,360. The target, of course, the weekly zone below, 35,315 slash 320. So that's 40 points at $5 a point, $200 per contract traded. Did it once, did it twice, did it three times, okay? Remember, once an order triggers, there's a high probability it's gonna trigger again. Now, I pointed out last night in the workshop the importance of this bullish cross, that when price got there the first time, it would most likely be good support. And look at that, right there. Came right down to it. Okay. Now, I didn't make this happen. I'm just pointing out that it's a thing that we figured out and discovered. You know, we, you, we shined the flashlight and found this, but, but we don't cause this to happen. Please don't get me wrong. But price came down. Looked like it was, you know, just going to keep going. But everybody that was in the workshop last night knew to expect there to be support here. So if you'd been short on the way down, if you didn't take price at the target, 
and you knew you should probably think about taking your profit here because price bounced all the way back up to here and then came back down and triggered again now the second time it actually spiked that area and then it ran back up we still got red and falling and we triggered and hit the target again okay two-sided action every one of our members got this information last night the entry the target basically all you got to do is show up click the bounce but don't let it be just that you need to make sure that you're learning all the things that we teach you like knowing to expect this to be support all the stuff Michael works very hard Michael and Val in the mornings in the room to teach you there's a reason for everything we don't talk just to entertain ourselves we're doing our very best to teach you everything that we know Oh, Garrett sent me a uh, message here. Let me. Okay, answering him back. He'll he'll be here. He's just running a few minutes late. Now, this candle was red all the way down. Okay, and we caught a bounce, and then it continued down. The zone below was 35, 235 slash 240. The swing low was 248. So we missed it by eight ticks. The long on the Russell price basically just got rejected. The long CTA was 231111 and we made it to 231240 so that's almost one and a half points okay two points is a hundred dollars per contract on the short side we triggered and we dropped down to from 94 we dropped down to uh, we'll call it 91 it was 2290 and change but we'll call it 91 so that's three points Got back above the trigger, dropped again, got back above the trigger, and dropped yet again. One alert. One, two, three triggers. This one took us all the way down to 2283.70, so we'll call it 2284. That's 10 points, $50 a point, $500 per contract traded on the NQ the long CTA was 15639 and we ran up to 77 so let's just go with 69 that would be 30 points $20 a point $600 Per contract traded and then price came down through the short CTA okay now number was 15 575 the swing low 
was 67. So is that eight points, $20 a point, $160 per contract traded. And then we got back above the trigger, dropped again. Now the zone is 15,550. That's the target, slash 51. And the swing low was 52 and a quarter. So it came within one and a quarter points of actually touching the zone. That's close enough. Uh, so from 75 down to 50, just 25 points at $20 a point. You even call it 20, 20 points at $20 a point. $400 per contract traded. And then we came back up. We triggered on the long side again. And again. And again. This last one here ran up to 15654 So from 40 to 54 About $300 for contract traded. Now, look at how many hours price consolidated. And then right here, this is when that news came out at 8.30. And then this was the 9.30 open on Wall Street, which literally triggered on both sides. Triggered on the short side. And then as we moved into the 10 a.m. 30-minute candle, this was a green candle. We were printing green. This candle opened. We had a big green candle all the way up. And buyers lost heart. Price dropped. We go sideways, get a couple small triggers. And here we sit right on top of the CTA. Next. So that's all the indices. Covered the S&P. Next high probability move for the S&P is most likely to the downside. The Dow, once we get below this weekly zone, if we get below the weekly zone, which, now we expect the zone to be good support until proven otherwise. And what does proven otherwise mean? Well, it means price actually gets below the zone. So, something along the lines of 35,300 down to 35,260. So about 40 points, $20 a point, that's $800 per contract traded. But before that can happen, price has to overcome this obstacle. When price moves up to a zone, we expect resistance. When price drops to a zone, we expect support. And as this one drops, we expect support. See, when we first touched it, we printed a green candle. So that's, that's showing support. But the step line was overhead, and that acts as resistance. And so that's pushed price back down to red and falling. So if price can get below the zone, then we've got a nice window of opportunity on the Dow. On the Russell...
We've already filled that window of opportunity that we drew in last night, I think it was. So we want to get below all of this. want to trade there and then given the opportunity we want to trade there but remember historically doesn't mean it has to happen but historically the markets rally into a holiday weekend when there's a holiday weekend a three-day weekend in the US markets typically rally into that weekend so on your short trades, just be cognizant of that as we get closer to the close of today's session. Crude, we just bounced off the weekly trading zone. If we can get below that zone and we've got red and falling in the CTA. Now we triggered the CTA on the long side. I guess we didn't cover that one yet. We just did the indices. So on the CTA long last night, 7010, we made it up to 7031. It's $210 per contract traded. Then right there, see price got back below the trigger and it ran up to 7053. It's $430 per contract traded. Price came down to the zone here. We expect that to be support until proven otherwise. So we bounced. But it looks like it wants to keep falling. So we want to let it get well below the zone. The zone's at 35. You know, based upon the momentum of the move as it's coming down, you can simply wait for 69.15 or use that three step method we talked about in the workshop last night. Okay, to find, to time your entry. Because if we trigger 69.15, looking left, there is the potential for support right there. Okay, so you've got a window of opportunity down to that area. And if we get through that area, then you've got a window of opportunity all the way down to the zone. So we could have some good trading this afternoon. The markets are positioned to give us something or, you know, as the afternoon progresses, things could just get very quiet because of the holiday. Gold, the long CTA was 18.33. And we put in a high at 36.1836.9. So if we called it 37, that'd be four points. So $390 per contract traded. And on the short side, we never triggered. This is where we opened last night. We had a bullish cross. Once price gets above the BBC, we anticipate higher prices. So we consolidated for quite a number of hours. 
then about 5.30 this morning, or 7. And here's that big candle that came on that 8.30 news this morning. Sent us right up to the zone overhead. We pulled back and found support at Blue and Climbing. And then that took us up through the CTA trigger. And the market is positioned to potentially trigger again here within the next few minutes. Silver. Go Silver. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> the long CTA on silver last night was 24.10. When the price of silver moves $1, in other words, from 24.10 to 25.10, that's worth $5,000. But we haven't quite got there yet. We have put in a swing high at 24.94. And we could have an official exit signal right here. Notice how on this climb, okay, your step line is on the left side of blue and climbing. All the way up, all the way up, and then it crosses. Step line goes from the left side to the right side of blue and climbing. And so, if this candle closes red below the step line, if you're still in this trade, you should exit. That is the official exit signal, okay? Works beautifully on extended moves like this. It can't get you out at the swing high or swing low because nobody, man or machine, knows. Oh, Garrett's here. Okay, nobody knows it's a swing high or swing low until after the fact. So let me find Garrett and open up his mic. There you are. Garrett, it looks like you're muted on your end. Let me unmute you on my end. Yeah. There you are. Uh-huh, yep, gotcha. Good, let me, let's see, let me you move sound great. this out of the way. There we go. I was just, uh, Sound good. do we have an anniversary date today? We do. It's the oh, top of the yes. market in 1929. Somebody mentioned that to me last night in the discussion group. So, folks, what Garrett just said, this is the anniversary of the high of 1929. In fact, do I have that loaded up? I don't, but I'll bring it up here in a minute. I've, so, got, I've got the chart here if you want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Let me just let me just send the charts over to you. That'll make it very that'll make it much simpler for me. Yeah, uh, I was just kind of seeing what what happened. Uh, okay. The charts are yours. My, you just gotta accept it. Yeah, let me get my screen over there. Let's see. We'll do this and then Bring the, that over. How's that? Looks good. Um, anyway, what I, I was just playing around with this, um, and I, I had done this before, and I have it all delineated, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where it is. So um, let's see. Let's see what we can play with here. This. Um, now, what market are we looking at? 
The Dow. This is the the Dow, okay. uh, because it's. Uh, and look at that! Look at that of, price, guys. <laughs> yeah, three eighty six. How about that for? Uh, <laughs> Let me uh, let me do just a couple of quick things here, and sure. then I'll show you what my thought process is here. Okay. Um, excuse me. Um, this I was just looking at this initial decline, uh, and it was a, it was a seven percenter, and then you got what appears to be almost a perfect six one eight retracement to here. Let's get this out of the way, and we'll. We'll see, but this um, I'm just gonna I want to note that with an with an arrow uh, and say um, 61.8 percent retracement. And then you start your your next decline. So it's uh, um, these things, I, I bring this up because lots of things in history, for whatever reason, tend to uh, tend to happen on on anniversary dates, and um, they say, um, you know, sometimes you know the uh, the controlling elite, you know, pay attention to those things mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and. Um, you know, I just you, you just kind of file those things away. Uh, mm -hmm. They're certainly not primary indicators. You you utilize whatever you use as your primary and your secondary indicators. But but there's something to be aware of, particularly if your primary and your second and secondary indicators are saying, say in this case today, uh, you know, gee, this is a this is this may be a place to sell. Uh, and then it kind of kicks in that it's a September 3rd. And if it happens to be the case, then if you get a 7% decline here in a 618 retracement, well, you know, as these things build up, you, you keep them in mind. And as soon as they, they don't, you know, you forget them. But um, just out of curiosity, um, from the high of 386, mm -hmm. we're down here at a low of... Uh, of 320 so let's see um 386 uh, minus 320 is 66 mm -hmm. divided by 386 um is uh 17 percent uh so now now you're getting yourself uh now these corrections are starting to add up a little bit and you're not my guess is you're probably no more than three weeks in on that. Um, let me just, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll notate that. Um, minus 17% and uh, one quick sec here. And I'll okay, this is uh, one, two, three, four, five. That's the first week here second week up about here and then maybe you're let's see this will tell me you're about a month in you're about this is about one month's time you're down 17 percent you come back with the retracement this time your that retracement's going to be less you can uh, you can see that but let's do this as close as we can yeah well once again it's between 50 and uh, 618 percent yet again 
and then you get that third wave and let me get rid of this but let's see if this looks like well basically you've got one two three four five waves down which is telling you that um you know maybe maybe we've turned the corner into something negative you get your retracement here and these retracements uh not much more than a week uh you know figure on a week if you're lucky and then you come into what becomes wave three one two three and then wave four comes back up pretty good and then down to finish it off for wave five at this point and again this is only wave one of the of the big picture decline because it goes into um 1932 and this is course is just november Mm-hmm. So, but, but once again, just for, just for fun, <coughs> excuse me, um, we're starting at 386. At this point, we're probably under 200. What is it? Uh, 195. I should, I should have remembered that. Um, okay, 386 minus 195. We're looking at a difference of 191 mm-hmm. divided by 386 and we're looking at 49 and a half percent so there you go that first you're going to lose 50 percent in that first leg down and i think once we make a top here uh and i don't know whether it's now or whether we're going to come back up into october or even november um but if that's the case i think next year uh, we've got a good chance to uh, lose 50% or more. Um, next year is a year ending in two. Um, and twos have a big history. 1932, 1942, uh, 1982, 2002. Those are all major uh, decline years. And uh, their secondary years like 1962 were also down years. And, you know, so... It's uh, it's something to uh, something to be aware of. Um, if you don't mind, let me label this real quickly so I don't forget. So this is uh, what are we saying? Uh, minus forty nine and a half percent, I think, is what I said. Yes, I believe it is. Um, I'm just uh, the the reason I'm pointing this out is it's nice to know history number one um in addition to that um this was the last cycle that we compare with that this was the last long wave cycle and the long wave cycle that we're in now began with the low in 1932 um but the top that preceded it was 1929 and we're in the we're in that topping period i mean assuming the federal reserve and the people in charge ever allow the market to uh, do what it would do normally if uh, people weren't horsing around with it. And uh, so you got to keep... starting to hint about tapering. Well, you had a very bad... Uh, you didn't hint... Your jobs number today, everybody was expecting um, pretty good numbers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happened today is that your numbers were the reality was lower than the worst expectation so bad numbers well what does that mean well gee maybe i won't taper did you see how what what's did you see how <laughs> silver reacted to that 
Uh, you know, I I didn't see. Silver's um, up almost a dollar. That's five thousand dollars per contract traded. Wow. Eighty nine cents, I think, was uh, when I went through the numbers earlier in the show. So eighty silver was up eighty nine cents on the session. And uh, tapering, I guess, would slow things down, and arguably. Uh, well, the dollar yeah. weakens, and um, no, actually, that should strengthen the dollar. If they actually, the dollar, you know, hmm. uh, I know was uh, was up. So, uh, so that's interesting. Doing that in the face of a of a stronger dollar. And gold. What was gold doing? Was it down today? Let me Not tell you. Earlier, yeah. earlier it was up. I think. Let me just tell you what I told everybody here few minutes ago <clears throat> in the commodity basket gold up twenty dollars and sixty cents yeah that's the cash market uh, trading eighteen thirty two ten last so that's a gain of a little over one percent silver's up almost four percent that's over three and a half percent so the metals are are looking at the inflation mm-hmm uh, tapering, I guess <laughs> the idea is uh, 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 to combat inflation, I guess. Um, but of course, with the bad numbers, it uh, gives them, uh, you know, no reason to taper, at least no reason to taper just yet. So uh, here we go. Labor force participation rate, 61.7% in July and 61.7% uh, in August, which of course are depression numbers, oh, right? Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, bad jobs numbers means the thought of tapering is going to be pushed, you know, uh, far in probably well into next year. Yeah, and I think I think what the plan here is, uh, is, is pretty obvious. You know, I had a... I, I, um, I was going to show you because I've had a couple of newsletters since uh, I was on left, which is pretty prolific of me. <laughs> but but uh, I thought there was reason. But you know, I had a call from, uh, uh, and I mentioned this in my in my second letter from uh, two two people yesterday responding to the to the first letter, and it was interesting because I never know when I'm going to get a response on a letter. I always get a response. But I never know. Um, I'm I'm the worst guy in the world to uh, uh, to to judge it because my feeling is sometimes I'll write one and I think, gee, this is a this is great and uh, people are going to come. Bitcoin's over fifty thousand today. Uh, wow! So you know that's getting a factor that into the mix. Uh, Ethereum is. Let me check. Uh, Last when I looked last night, I think it was around thirty-seven hundred. I don't know what it is today, but let me just check real quick. Refresh my chart. Okay, the crypto market's up three percent. Uh, Bitcoin. Oh, come back. Bitcoin trading fifty thousand five sixty-five. Ethereum. Oh my goodness. Ethereum's at three thousand nine hundred and seventy-nine dollars. Uh, up five percent of the day. Ethereum's at almost four thousand dollars. That's uh, 
it's uncharted territory. Uh, so now, Bitcoin is still well off its all-time high, but that is a new all-time high. Uh, you know, I was just looking. Um, a friend of mine, uh, uh, actually, the fellow I was talking about with this particular chart here, um, uses a numeric system which worked pretty well on uh, on the Bitcoin. Uh, we we had a uh, when that large correction happened that, that got Bitcoin down. We saw that one coming, and um, you really can't play that on the downside except. Let me put in this. Let's change this to uh, GBTC. Oh, that's is that the trade station symbol? Uh, that's the trade station symbol, okay. and then this is grayscale Bitcoin trust, oh, which the theoretically trust. Should, okay. gotcha. should follow Bitcoin. Does that look like Bitcoin short to you for the most part? Uh, let me. Let me pull up. I think, uh, yeah, Bitcoin was up in the 60s. You know, I, I think it's it's going to be pretty close. Um, let's see. My indicator. And let's put a darker background on it. ETC USD on Coinbase. Let me just open that up. And let me put that on a daily chart. And now, is that a daily chart you got going? This is a daily chart, yes. And it's uh, funny. Yeah, they look they look pretty similar. It's funny because what it's price not... are you showing? Oh, you're showing forty dollars and forty eight cents. Okay, so that's the. That's to buy one share in the in the yeah. And you can trust. see that, mm -hmm. that what, what did you say it's at fifty? It's at fifty thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars. So, so right this now. is about eighty percent of it. And up here at your high, it got up to uh, fifty eight and uh, twenty percent on that. It, and it got up uh, to sixty two thousand. Twelve and the, twelve, the high. twelve and fifty eight. You know, gets you up to seventy. So then, you know, it's it's pretty good. It's it's uh, and the, the the nice thing about this, if you ever want to do it, uh, is uh, you can play it on the downside. You can you can hedge your your Bitcoin uh, through this if you you know if you work out the numbers. Uh, you can also here, borrow against your Bitcoin. Uh, you can <clears throat> any number of uh, DeFi institutions. If you have, say, a hundred thousand in Bitcoin, uh, you can put it on deposit with them, and without any kind of income verification, credit checks, you know, because uh, it's a collateralized loan, they will loan you fifty grand just like that. And what a lot wow. of people are doing is they're, you know, taking that fifty thousand and doing what? Going and buying. More Bitcoin. Why'd you lock the front door? And then taking a loan oh, against sorry. that. Oh, sorry. I just, when I was apart from it, excuse me, I'm on, on the air. Oh. Um, not that I'm, and I'm certainly not recommending that as, a, as an investment strategy for anyone. Uh, you should always talk to a licensed investment professional before making any investment decision. Yeah, I mean, you know, the scary thing is, um, 
the 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 in the know people that I know on, on Bitcoin, including yourself, Dwayne, um, I feel that the, this is a real deal blockchain, and it's uh, it's it's going to be where we're going to go, and it's going to be part of our lives uh, until they come up with something better. Uh, others say, "Gee, I don't know what to make of it, and this thing could all go away, and you could." It. And the bottom line is, we, we don't know, but um, uh, it it it, it kind just of became the look. official currency of Cuba. Yeah, well, uh, China's coming on with the cryptocurrency, and the feeling is that um, that will replace next year um, uh, replace the dollar as the reserve currency, and that it will replace the dollar is the petrodollar and obviously those two things would brought us a great deal of wealth and what they'll do is uh, remove that and again isn't it funny how these things are happening uh, uh, i mentioned on this program before that i became um, interested in the words new world order when i first heard them in 1972 and started a study trying to find out what was what that was really about and mm -hmm. it took decades to um, to really come to that determination because uh, because you start not knowing anything in the first place and the people uh, remember people th th this would be a conspiracy uh, you know these people openly state and stated then that world domination was their goal so i mean you know if that's not a conspiracy then uh, I'm talking to the wrong crowd. Uh, that's clearly a conspiracy. Why do you get um, why do you get um, comments like conspiracy theory? And gee, uh, you know, you must if you talk about conspiracy theory, you're a flake, and you probably wear a tinfoil hat, mm. and you know, and you're not very smart. You waste people's time. Well, that's a narrative that they're pushing. Yeah. So you can control the news, and you are the conspiracy. The least amount of people that become exposed to that knowledge, uh, the better. Yeah. So, uh, and yet, look at all the people. After all these years of, and particularly of late, where you're seeing the news media provide a narrative that one isn't the best for the country, uh, and two isn't even true. And yet we all flock around their TV to see what the news says. <laughs> it's it's I, on the news today, I found out that the climate is racist. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the climate. Uh, yes, if you if you are a person of color, uh, climate change affects you more than it does uh, the privileged white man or woman. And and, and very quickly, I would say. Um, Gee, that's interesting. You know, how, uh, could you document that for me? Oh, and by the way, if yeah. the climate change, and you people say it's getting warmer, is, isn't that, I said, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you saying that it's getting warmer? Now, any, any good climatologist know that isn't true. We're going into a cold spell, but forget facts because we don't, we're not really concerned with fact. Uh, but if it, if it is getting warmer, and if the gentleman that we're talking about, the black gentleman over here, and we're talking about, uh, you know, him being at a disadvantage in the climate. I said, 
doesn't he have, uh, aren't we recognizing the difference between him and whoever else we're talking with is that he has darker skin. Doesn't darker skin pigment actually protect you against the heat? Isn't that why they, you know, they're in Africa where it's typically warmer than it is, you know, on and on and on. It's like, please think, whatever you do, don't listen to these people and listen to what they say. And for crying out loud, don't consider it to be factual. Um, we grew up, uh, I mean, going way back uh, in a time that was starting to be controlled by these people. And that's why we got warnings from Eisenhower and JFK and Reagan. And isn't it interesting that general, you've got a general who was a Republican. You've got um, John F. Kennedy, who was a Democrat. And then you've got Reagan, who came out in 64 with two, two pretty darn good warnings. Reagan was a lifelong Democrat, he became a Republican. So how much fairer can it, can it get? Right. You got a Democrat telling you, a Republican telling you, and then a lifelong de Democrat who became a Republican. How does it get any cleaner than that? Mm -hmm. uh, it's like then, an atheist become, it's like an atheist who, in trying to vet and, and prove his atheistic beliefs, ends up converting himself to Christianity. Yeah, I mean, something, obviously something's changed when that happens, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you found out something. There's been a clarification. There's been a, you know, something that's, uh, that's turned a light on. Um, There's actually a the, book called Climate Change is Racist. And, what, colon, change and what? then it has a colon. All, all book titles today have a colon. Climate Change is Racist, colon. Race, Privilege, and the Struggle for Climate Justice. Well, let me let me just touch on three things that that were there when I was. Now, uh, folks, I'm not laughing at racism. We don't think racism is good in any way, shape, fashion, or form. We are against racism. What we're against is all these ridiculous people that that call everything racist. If you say I'm not racist, that's racism. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And what about uh, what about uh, other things like censorship? Now, censorship seems to be just fine if it's your party that's not getting censored. And, and of course, that, that couldn't be what that means. Uh, now, now, whether we like it or not, I said, let's deal with truth. Uh, let's try that for a change. What that means is if your mind allows you to say that censorship is okay so long as it's not happening to me and my way of thinking, well, then you're not for freedom, are you? Number one. Number two, you're not very intelligent either. Uh, because history will tell you that these are the useful idiots that are being used in order to have a takeover. And if you want socialism, if you don't understand that it's dictatorship, and oh, by the way, just because you helped it become a reality, that doesn't mean that once it is a reality, they're going to like you any better than the people who were against it, right? That's what history says. That's, That's right. why all these people are amassing on our border to get away from it. But nobody's, not very many people are thinking anymore, and fewer yet are thinking clearly. What I wanted to share with you, going back to um, when I was growing up, uh, and, and, it, and it's a dual-edged sword. It was very fortunate to grow up in that time to be able to experience America literally at its peak. Uh, I would say that when John F. Kennedy was president, whether you're Republican or Democrat, and then it didn't make any difference because whoever won the election, everybody else backed our president because he was our president. Um, that, That's right. You respect the office whether you respect the man or not. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. And now, of course, those three people that I mentioned were great presidents, uh, Eisenhower, uh, John F. Kennedy, and Reagan. Whether you like them or not, that's, that's a personal problem. Uh, and, uh, but, those, but when you have great men, they, they had all, they, they were, you know, again, Republican, Democrat, and Republican and Democrat. Um, but what you had with each of those people, each one of them, they believed in God. It was God first, God and country. That was the thinking then. Uh, That's right. All through um, They believed in uh, the Constitution. They believed in the Bill of Rights. They re- recognized the necessity for law and order. Uh, all, all of them the same. It seems like, gee, ought to be in the same party. Well, guess what? Republicans and Democrats were both conservative then. So any change wasn't a major change of left and right by any means. Pretty much then it was right and wrong. And the, and, and the other thing was, you know, just how do we adjust the dial? A little adjustment here will make you a Democrat, a little adjustment there will make you a Republican. Other than that, we're, we all believe in God, we're all for America, we're patriots. You know, and, and, and by the way, uh, my, there were three things I was going to mention that, uh, that happened then that are pretty much non-existent now. Um, one was the golden rule. Oh my goodness, a rule from God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. do unto others as you would have others do unto you. That's right. Well, what could make more sense than that? Number two, um, George Washington, I cannot tell a lie, cut down the cherry tree. That was pounded into us, both of them. Right, right. So you, you, you try to pe- treat people the way you want to be treated, number one. Number two, you don't lie. And what about number three? How about this? United we stand, divided we fall. Do you need anything more than those three things? And the answer is no, because those three things allow America... Those three things allowed America to come from being a scrappy, crappy <laughs> little country that, that had you know little to no direction other than that. And it became the greatest empire on this planet to the best of our knowledge. And it did it in pretty short time. It got there in about, in about 1961, just at the time when these warnings were coming out. The question is, so, is can we withstand this current onslaught from government officials who blatantly state how anti-American they are. We have people that we've elected to lead this country who are clearly anti-American. Yeah, no, no question. And, uh, and, and are the, are the, what about, and let's take a look at those three things. Are they treating others the way they'd like to be treated? Absolutely not. Nope. They're full of hate and they're full of uh, division. Number two, are they telling the truth? It's like, pardon me, from, I'll try to keep from completely cracking up, except right. that I find nothing funny about this at all. Yeah. So no, they're not telling the truth. Uh, do they talk about God ever? Only when they swear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, what's our third one? United we stand, divided we fall. It's all about division. I mean, it's the simplest level. Um, and we, don't, we have to walk on eggshells. Freedom isn't about walking on eggshells. Freedom of speech, you say whatever you want. I want people to say whatever they want. If they're not if they're not couth and they don't say the right things, God bless them for 
being and in, in saying whatever they do because now we know who to keep away from, don't we? Well, if that's not the kind of person you want to be, if that's the kind of person you want to be, you got a new friend. But if it's not the kind of person you want to be, then you just kind of avoid it. So it makes it make it, freedom makes things simple. Not only does it feel good and give you rights and things that you can enjoy, it makes things simple for you. But when you take that freedom away, when you remove that freedom of speech, uh, now uh, somebody out there who might be very dangerous to me has learned to kind of not not give his feelings out there. And so then you don't know and you can walk right into that web and, uh, you know, like black widow spiders. Boom. Now they got you. Uh, so I, there's all sorts of good reasons for freedom other than the than the blatantly obvious ones. But when you talk about what's going on now, I mean, let's just go back to things that used to be a given, but now aren't a given at all. How about male and female? Well, if you say male and female, and you actually believe that, uh, then you're in trouble with a whole lot of people. And some of them might even get violent with you. So uh, yeah. what is that? So let's get back to the point. Is that about unity or division? Not only are you, are you separating the sexes with man and woman, if there were two, clearly they're going to they're gonna push that narrative. Mm -hmm. But now, not only are there two, there, I, you know, I don't ask me, I don't know whether the number is 28 or yeah. 30 or however many sexes <laughs> well, there are. Thank, I really thank goodness you and I and the listeners of this radio program, uh, we all know, we've known since birth, who and how God made us. Uh, now, granted, some people may feel uncomfortable in their own bodies, in their own skin. I, I won't deny them that. If that's how they feel, that's how they feel. But if you, you know, if you have to sit down to pee, you're a woman, okay? I'm sorry. That's just how God formed you in your mother's womb, you know? And if you stand at the urinal, you're a man. Now, all this other binary, non-binary stuff, you know, what people do in the privacy of their own homes behind closed doors, I, I don't have any problem with that. It's not my business. That's between them and God. But don't shove it in my face or my kid's face. Don't put it on every... You can scarcely find a television program today that does not have the gay agenda shoved down your throat very true and, and, and i'm not, not an anti-gay person i'm not gonna say everybody's expecting me to go some of my best friends are gay people i you know what i have friends and i don't ask them what their sexual orientation is uh i have some friends who i suspect might you know be gay but they're they're not it, it's not in my face kind of thing they're not being Flam if they're a man, they're not being flamboyant. And, you know, uh, if they're a woman, they don't have a pack of Marlboro rolled up in their t-shirt sleeve uh, and, and a big wallet with a chain on it. I mean, uh, Lord help us. Well, you know, Dwayne, that it's just that, that particular narrative, though, uh, go, goes uh, all over the place. I mean, the, what they do is they... Uh, um, it, it's remarkable. I, uh, I'm going to try to find something. I, I found something that really delineated a lot of these things 
not only not only this, but everything's about division. Because and because what? Again, it, we we can keep this so simple. If somebody you know asked me, said, "How would you fix the problems in America?" Isn't it an insurmountable problem? I said, "No, it's simple. It's a simple issue." And people would immediately say, "Gee, this guy's got to be really stupid to make that comment." Clearly, it's a, it's a big issue. I said, "No, it isn't." We know exactly what to do. We know exactly how to do it. Well, how can you say that? That's insane. We've never had these problems before. I said, no, we've never had these problems before, but I'll tell you what we have had. We started out as a fledgling company, a country that, uh, you know, was nothing and it became great. And all you have to do is follow that. You know, we have a role model. You look for a role model. You look for a pattern. The pattern's there. It's very simple. We've already discussed it. It is you really put God first, you put your country, country right behind that, you put your family right behind that, uh, and you start to think clearly. I mean, the, 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 I'm going to say some things here that half the people aren't going to like, but what I'm going to say is the truth. So the question only becomes, do you want the truth, or do you want to play around with a lie? This is a planet of duality, and by definition, then this is a planet of cycles. We all know that. Everything's a cycle on this planet. And oh, by the way, duality in picture form is like one of these sine curves, you know, up and down and up and down and up and down. And duality means duality, we see good and bad. Well, you put good up here and bad down on the low stroke and you go back and forth. So duality and cycles are redundant, right? They say the same thing. So since we know that is the case, um, you know, you can define certain, you know, we're always in the process of going from one extreme to the other. And um, we've got a situation here where in order to fix this, uh, all we have to do is just exactly what we talked about. You know, we have to think with the way those three presidents that we talked about, the, the one thing that they all had in common, God first, country first, united we stand, divided we fall, uh, follow the golden rule, don't lie. Those are the basics. So that's pretty simple. There's nothing that people can't comprehend there. And then obviously law and order uh, is necessary to keep a society right. And you make your decisions between right and wrong and not right and left. It's pretty easy. And if you want to embellish it from there, you can embellish it all day long. But these problems are easy to solve. If somebody came in, the only good thing about uh, a dictatorship, in, in in my humble estimation, is that a dictatorship, at this point in time, uh, would probably be good. You just need an intelligent and benevolent dictator. Now, by the way, I don't care whether you voted for him or not, but if you make an honest comparison with Joe Biden and any of the other three presidents I mentioned, um, it's kind of like making, uh, talking about MBA athletic centers and you take a, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, mm -hmm. uh, or, or any other one that you want to do there and you compare it to a 10 year old boy on crutches. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's no comparison whatsoever. And it's because of where we are in the cycle and the, and the nation goes as its leader goes, we've got somebody who's not telling the truth, isn't calling the shots, uh, made the greatest botched effort and exit we've ever made in the history of the nation anywhere. 
and now they're trying to whitewash it. And, and, it it's and so bad. Happens, it, it's so bad, Garrett. I don't think it could have been an accident. Well, it's, uh, clearly it's not an accident. You, you, you know, there's an agenda here. Oh, by the way, I wanted to share something with you and your audience, and this this might be worthwhile. Uh, two of the calls that I that I got in yesterday were really interesting. Uh, in fact, the calls that I got on the, what I wrote and was going to cover here a little bit on uh, back on Tuesday were um, from really smart, highly experienced, long tenured people, which was which was interesting. Uh, one gentleman, uh, 89 years old, called in, sharp as a tap. This guy is, is lucid, as lucid as he was when I first started talking with him over 30 years ago. Hmm. And it's lucid and, and smart as well. He calls in and said, you know, everything's upside down. I just don't get what's going on. Um, and he said, I, I, I thought you might be able to clarify that for me. And I said, well, I said, I said gee, Jim, uh, I said, that's interesting because uh, to me, it's clear as a bell. I, th I think what's going on is very simple. And I do, uh, but only because I've studied this for 50 years. And I said, the perspective now by the way jim knows what's going on too he's just a really smart guy and he knows if he asks the question that way he's going to get more out of me than if <laughs> if we come in and, and agree on it right off the bat uh so he's a you know, extremely bright guy um but he he and he succeeded in getting me to open up on it <clears throat> a little bit but it's pretty clear what's happened if you look at what's going on as just you know, an everyday American who watches his TV and goes to his job and has to rely on the news to see what's going on. And if you happen to have, if you're not totally brain, if you're totally brainwashed, what problem are you talking about? Everything's great. But if you're not totally brainwashed and your head's still working and you had a perspective of when the country was halfway decent, then you're going to be very... Um, very upset because everything's upside down. Doesn't the Bible say pretty much when things turn upside down, we got a hint right there. But things are upside down for people and it's very it's very easy to see it. You don't have to delineate it. Um, patriotism is bad. Being an anarchist is good. Uh, law and order is bad. You know, on and off. Anybody else can regurgitate this as well as, as I can. But the question that Jim asked was, you know, this is all upside down. Does it seem that way to you? And I said, no. I said, yeah, it's, it, to me, my own perspective, of course, it's all upside down. But do I understand it? And I went, yeah, I do understand it. Uh, I said, but if, you, if you're the guy who goes to work every day and comes home and watches TV and you're not paying deep attention to what's going on and thinking about it, uh, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to, you know, understand what's going on. But if you realize just what they told us in 61 if you take those three presidents and you take the message that each one of them gives you gave you and put them together they tell you by putting all of those together it tells you exactly what's going on uh president eisenhower warned us of a military industrial complex john f kennedy warned us of secret societies and reagan gave us two warnings uh, he talked of an elite intellectual group that is running the country from a foreign capital. Isn't that interesting? Uh, 
Uh, and then in a second speech, and I think he need all four of these to put it together, he warned of the Democrats. And he had just changed from a Democrat to a Republican. So some of us can say, well, if you're going to talk about the Democrats that way, I'm not going to listen. I'm going, well, fine. I, always under, I already understand <laughs> that there's a group like that. So this is the one part you should listen to. But um, what happens is they tell you it's a military industrial complex. So these people that are running things uh, are a secret society. They're, if you want a good picture of what's going on, Take a look at the Wizard of Oz. And because these people tend to tell you, my guess is they had something to do with that that movie. What did you have? You had a guy behind a curtain that was running the show and putting fear into everybody. And they were, right? Remember that Wizard yeah. of Oz? Did, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of uh, their message to the future. They tell us all along with all sorts of messages. I can give you message after message, but one of the classic ones is the Wizard of Oz, and they and they laugh at how foolish we are, because what the reality is is there is just a little guy behind the curtain. Now there's a there's a bunch of them, but compared to us, there's nothing. We can wipe them out in a heartbeat, and not even and not even concerned in the meantime, but the guy behind the curtain is wiping us out. They're poisoning us with fluoride, which does nothing for cavities at all. Uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's effectively used as a rat poison. Uh, in Germany, that's what they used it for. Um, I mean, it, it, all of this stuff, there's so much information, but now you've got censorship. Oh, by the way, the Nazis used that, didn't they? But now you've got censorship, and you've got half the people in favor of censorship because they're not being censored. My comment to them was, would you still be in favor of censorship if you were the party getting censored? And I wasn't. Well, no, I hate that. Well, I said, well, then th doesn't that somewhere in your brain tell you that it's wrong? And it, sadly, the answer is apparently not. So anyway, these four speeches that were made, the, what was wrong with Democrats? Nothing. When Reagan gave his talk, Democrats were fine. Uh, they, there was nothing wrong with Democrats at all. Uh, both parties were conservative. They were pretty similar. But what Reagan knew is that that was about to change. And he knew, number one, by talking of this little intellectual group from a foreign area, he knew that they were changing things and that Democrats were going to be the ones that would be changed. And isn't that exactly what happened? Didn't happen in 64, but what did happen in 64? Well, Mario Savio happened in 64 at the University of California, didn't he? And what did he do? Well, he started the free speech movement. Well, gee, Mario, if I could tap him on the shoulder at that time, and I could have, but I wasn't aware of it. Um, don't, haven't we had freedom for 171 years or whatever it was? Why are you talking about freedom of speech? Now, that should have been asked by the University of California that supposedly graduates intelligent people, but not one of them asked that question. Why is it the free speech movement, Mario? We've already got freedom of speech. Gosh, how come nobody asked that question? I guess nobody's very smart, huh? Something. I don't know. Why wouldn't you ask that question? Nobody did. Well, guess what the freedom of speech was about? Well... It was, it was about removing freedom of speech. He wasn't looking for freedom of speech. He already had it. He 
planted the seeds that grew the tree that's flourishing now in Berkeley, where you don't have freedom of speech. You're a liberal. If you're a Taliban leader, if you're a anarchist, you can speak all day long and they'll clap all day long after you speak. If you're a conservative and you're talking about God and country and patriotism, uh, they'll take you out of there, shout you down, and if they can, beat the crap out of you. Yeah. So there's your difference. And by the way, is that true? You bet it's true. Go ahead and try it. It's absolutely true. My point was, and then and I was going to get before that, so th this is what happened with those, those four speeches. One of them told you about the secret societies. They, they're secret. They're behind the curtain. Nobody knew he was there until they pulled back the curtain. Um, oh, and by the way, they like wars. What are wars? Well, it's about division, isn't it? Two sides fighting each other. They're obviously not unity, is it? So um, united we stand, divided we fall. This is all really, really and, simple. And that's really, I think, this is... That, that's really a large part of this whole agenda is to divide us, you know. Well, it's, uh, it's, it is the every, agenda. Every, I mean, every hook and crook and turn of the road, they're trying to divide us, the vaxxers and, against and the, the non-vaxxers. Yeah, go ahead. The other thing, Duane, is that it's so simple. Stop voting Democrat and Republican. All you need to do if you want freedom, and by the way, if you're not smart enough to know that you want freedom, the bottom line is you do. We're wired that way. Everybody on this planet wants freedom, whether they know it or not. I mean, when I, when I talk to the core of the soul, that's the way God made us. Other people like to take your freedom away, yeah. but they certainly want freedom for themselves. Yeah. Hey, but I the situation you... is sorry, so simple. This is remarkably simple. And you don't need a triple-digit IQ to understand this and to understand it very clearly. These people want war. War allows mm -hmm. them to, to take the spoils of war. It allows them to beat down some sides that might be able to, to take them down. Uh, what do they want to do? When I read this 50, almost 50 years ago, next year, 50 years. Um, excuse me one second. You need to get that? Go ahead. Hi, James. I'm still on the interview. Call you back, okay? Um, Did you get a the, chance to look at those uh, links that I sent you? Not yet, but I, I did see that you sent them to me, and I'll, I'll definitely take a look at yeah, them. Yeah, because I, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know how much time you got left. Uh, oh, I wanted to show you something quickly on okay. my newsletter. I, I, I wanted to, that, what, I, what I was talking about there is the most important. If we wake up, we can solve this problem in a heartbeat. We can solve this quickly. You've got, to, you've got to wake people up and change their minds. But we can solve this fast because you know exactly what to do. It, it, none of this is difficult. It's just made to look difficult by some people who are smarter than we are, who know history better than we are, who know the human psychology better than we'll ever know it and utilize all that against us and make it. And then they laugh at us that we're so stupid. They don't believe we were that stupid. They didn't believe it. And when they see it, they just sit there and laugh at us. So we, as we watch our TVs and don't learn, uh, they uh, they are openly insulting our intelligence to our faces. And rather than getting offended, which is what we ought to do, is get offended and punch them in the nose. Right. And this is the one time I think we're extending your hand to somebody's nose is fine because they're trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. This is about depopulation. Right. I read 50 yeah, years ago. Right. 
exactly what this is about. And they said, and I'll reiterate it again, we need to, we want world domination. We want world domination. That's number one. Number two, they said, what do we need to do in order to get it? Well, there's two bastions of, of freedom that we need to eliminate. They are Europe and the United States. Now, remember, go back in time when this was. Uh, you, the United States was so far ahead of everybody else, it took the next 10 nations combined GDP to match ours. So nobody's going to move us, at least not then. And Europe had been there for hundreds of years as a great, you know, freedom. It was, a, you know, a beautiful place. Well, I watched that unfold like clockwork. And everything else that they said, then I, I heard about the depopulation, which I didn't even couldn't even believe it. But that's just uh, these first two things are so ridiculous. Then they happened. And then they're talking about depopulation. And oh, guess what? Didn't we have a Spanish flu in 1918, about 100 years ago? Isn't that right? That's right. You know who was you know who was involved in that? Rockefeller and oh, uh -huh. Bill Gates Sr. Mm. Is that right? Mm. You know, and it, it, nothing's changed. Same thing, same game, except they're, they're, you know, technology, we're 100 years better, the technology's there, and you can scare people more. So, um, anyway, what I wanted to show you real quickly, do we have any time? Oh, yeah, I got plenty of time. I just, just check out your time. Have I eliminated our time by pontificating no, no, so no, much? No, 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 I've got time, so as long as you've uh, got time, i got time. Here's what I got. I wanted to show you this, and this is, this is important. You know, I, I, I was kind of thinking the loss of our freedom is pretty important, too. But secondly, this is important. This is what I wrote on the 31st, which I think was Tuesday, signals. I wrote it because we got a monthly signal, and monthly signals don't happen very often. I mentioned in the, I was right, the market was open, and I said if the, if the S&P closes above 4507 today, we're going to get a signal. We're going to get. I told signal. my audience that the following day, and I might have even mentioned it in the discussion group the night that you told me that. And I said, "Well, what happens if we close below it?" And you said, "Then there's no signal," which kind of was mysterious to me because that doesn't line up with my way of seeing the charts. In my mind, closing below that number would have made it even more bearish. But please tell us. Tell us the story well, it, behind it, the story. It, it had to get up to that number in order to generate the signal. And there's, uh, and there's, uh, okay. the signal's generated this way. You go back as far as you can in history mm -hmm. um, to get as much price history as you can. Right. And then you look at the extremes on the upside and on the downside and you define them. And then after that was done, the, then it's, then an an, uh, uh, analog, uh, sorry, an algorithm is, is written to define a line which shows you these degrees of uh, overbought or oversold based on a certain time frame. So they have them on daily, weekly, monthly, of course, and you can do that on 60 and 30 minute charts as well. So 60 and 30 minute charts, obviously you're going to get more signals and daily you'll get a little bit less and weekly you'll get less and monthly because you're looking at serious extremes they're rare and i'll show you the signals here uh, in the last 22 years um there up until uh tuesday uh there were only three signals let me show you what they were uh june now again when do these happen? Well, they're monthly signals, so they happen at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So when I say it's June, it's not June 1st or June 2nd. 
it's definitely June 30th or whatever the last right. day of the month. Gotcha. Trading day, last trading day. So what happened? June. Um, well, you got um, um, a decline here of about 15%. So that's nice. And you would have missed that. And then you, uh, uh, that was from the July top on the 17th. And I think the market only went to, uh, against you a slight amount. So that, that was fine. You missed that. But since these are monthly signals, odds are, particularly when you're in a, a, bear mar a, a bull market uh, that didn't have any tech players for the most part, because they got wiped out in 2000, right? So everybody moved over to the blue chip stocks. So now you've got the bull market was in blue chips was the S&P. So now you've rallied for five years, you're up there, you're losing momentum. So if you're getting a monthly signal here, your mind should say, this might be warning you of a top. Mm -hmm. um, I, in my own technical stuff, got a, I wrote a, uh, I wrote an observations two days before this. Uh, I think the date was July 17th. No, I wrote my, uh, I wrote my issue on July 17th and the top was July 19th. And I, I predicted the 19th just because I had a bunch of stuff coming together. It's kind of stupid to do that, but <laughs> fortunately it worked out. But that gave you a percent decline. But then the market came back in October and went slightly higher. I wrote on October 5th that I think we're going to top next week. Um, and I don't think I put a price in or anything. That's, a, that's enough information, right? I think we're going to top next week. We topped on October 11th. Uh, I wrote that on October 5th, and that's the top right there. And then we dropped 57.7% down to here. So this is a good signal. The, and, and what did it do? I mean, for all practical purposes, it called the market top and got you out at the top. Right. Uh, if you come down here, we got a signal in, in February. When in February? Well, at the end of the month, because it's a monthly signal. So the end of the month. Well, Markets move faster and and more aggressively in bear markets for the simple reason that fear is a greater motivator than greed. Yeah, I know, I know that I can run faster when I'm afraid than I can when I'm feeling greedy. Yeah, I and call it markets, financial gravity, but yeah, I like your yeah. Uh, market, like markets your way is the same way. Tops take a long time to happen. Yeah. Why? Because people like to be greedy. It takes financial. Fear, on the other hand, you don't. You don't like fear and you do whatever you can to get rid of it. And in this case, it means selling stocks. So here you're, you know, you're down there. Well, five days later, you hit the low. It was 69 S&P points lower. So gosh, if you're in there, that's not fun. But by and large, what do you do if you bought here? You bought the bottom. Yep. You're five days off the bottom on a monthly chart. I mean, you, you, it doesn't get any better. Nope. You just bought the bottom of the bull market that we're still in. Mm -hmm. Good signal, you bet. Good signal, you bet. Now, quick comment. Our monthly signals, uh, well, I'll get to that a little later. We don't get a signal at all over, uh, let's see, how much time is this? Basically, what, nine years? Almost nine years or nine years to here. Finally, you get one in November. Now, November, um, I can't remember what the numbers are, but they're in my report. Um, the market goes against you in December a little bit, you can see. And then in January, it pops up here. 
So you're going to have, I can't remember, an eight and a half or nine for, yeah, market. Um, let's see, the market <laughs> fell. Oh, uh, here you had the market move 9.4% against you in five days, okay? But four days later, you're in, you're in the black. You're making money. And here you're looking to buy a low. So you don't care if the market goes against you. It's just like looking to buy a stock. It drops down, you buy some more. Uh, but uh, uh, again, I'll touch on that. Here's what happened here. It went against you. But remember, when you get a monthly signal, uh, this happened uh, early in uh, or, or, uh, early mid-January, actually. You finally top, and then it comes down here, and it makes a profit. But again, you've got a monthly signal, and that tells you that that probably should have been the top of the market, but uh, it does tell you that if you're getting a monthly sell signal, it should be more than just this. Um, anyway, that's what it was. You were able to get out here with whatever, I can't remember what it was, but something like an 8% profit. And of course, you had to work for it because the market went against you. So this is a great signal. This is a great signal. This isn't so great. It's good. It's, it told you that this this move from uh, February of 2016 all the way up to November of 2017 was a place to start paying attention because things are going to change. And they changed here a little bit, but they bought them and came up and went higher. We got another signal here, but it wasn't a bonus. And it was right on the top, by the way, in September. This is a September-October top. We got one right there, right at the top. But was it a signal that I can put on this chart? No. Why? Because they have parameters. There's certain things that have to happen on being extreme. And there are certain things that have to happen with the technicals, and it didn't happen here. Nonetheless, this was an outstanding signal, even though it wasn't a signal. I mean, you know, we had the benefit of the knowledge of it. But again, it wasn't a bona fide signal, and, and you have bona fide signals for a reason. And that caused a 20% correction down to the Christmas low. And what are you starting to see here right from this signal? You're starting to see this triangle here, right? Uh, or this megaphone pattern. And so things are starting to get volatile. They're not volatile here. There's nothing really volatile. You've got one volatility here in, in 2015, but otherwise, it's not volatile. It's almost completely non-volatile going up to this point. It's the slow step you don't get, time. Yeah, you don't get a 3%, as much as a 3% correction here. Now it starts to get volatile. Boom, boom, down 20%, up here, down, uh, what was this, 30-something, 30 33%, can't remember. Uh, big, big correction, mm -hmm. 33, right. 35%, whatever. So you get, so this kind of warns you of this. And now we're here and we get another one again that's a sell. Now this one's far enough along in this charade um, that, you know, once again, this could be saying, is this the top of the market? Well, not today, apparently. But what you got to do is kind of watch Today could these. mark the top. It really could, and it's a and it's a historical date. And if it's not today, now, what do you do about these monthly signals? Monthly signals are not timing signals, obviously. They're monthly signals. So they're timing from a monthly mental perspective, maybe, but they're not what you do for timing. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, and they're not I, the trigger I, that gets you into at a specific price. Yeah, and what I what I showed people here is I said, look, use use just a simple trend line. 
here's the lows to a low over here. What happens here? Well, the angle changes, so you draw in this. Now you've got a new trend line. Well, when does this signal happen? It happens right here. Well, what's going on? Well, you're in an uptrend, and you didn't even come down and break the line. So it's saying, don't do it here. You know, this this isn't the place to uh, uh, to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. And and you come up here, and again, this is this is uh, again, I dropped down to a daily chart, but here's where the signal was. For the monthly signal. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you obviously don't do it here. You're in an uptrend. You don't have a reason in the world by this trend line to sell. If you broke this here, mm-hmm. you might. If you do, take the trade, put a stop on it. But here it goes up, and you've got this parabolic vectoring going on. And from this part here, you just go vertical. But when you break that trend line, yep. look what happens. Mm-hmm. You've got Now it says sell. What do you have here? Three days. Now, I remember this very well because there was a, a big eclipse there. And and I was looking at that as a trend change. And it happened right in between those three days. And you had three days there to take your position. And then all of a sudden, this thing falls completely apart. So that's where you take your signal. Well, gosh, you know, I don't like trend lines. I don't know how to draw one to save my life, and I'll never learn. I go, uh, okay. <laughs> then do, do you... Do you know anything about oscillators? Just a simple moving average. You don't have to use a magical algorithm or anything else. Use a four or nine period moving average and let it let it tell you what happens here. You're in here the whole time. You've never broken the yellow line. It keeps you in, it keeps you in. It goes over and breaks it right here in the three days and you sell it again, just like you did up there or use them both together, or find something that worked better than both of these and use that. But you're not getting a timing cell signal here because all these lines are pointed upward. They don't start, they flatten here. They flatten, but they're still pointed upward. And here they finally turn down. So that works. Uh, so, so you utilize something like that when you get one of these signals. And by the way, we just got one Tuesday. So my thought is, Start drawing the trend lines. And by the way, um, you know. Trend lines uh, are free. Yeah. You have uh, an unlimited supply with your trading platform every month. Here, here's the NASDAQ futures from the September high going into that time period. Now, we may we may break through that. But let me show you um, uh, then. Uh, by the way, I, I got a couple. I got a number, uh, a couple of calls. I told you the eighty-nine-year-old gentleman, real sharp guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I got a call from uh, uh, an institutional broker friend in Beverly Hills who runs uh, man uh, uh, runs about a billion dollars, and um, he called me, and he knows exactly what's going on, and he knows uh, about the. Uh, uh, the cabal, as they call it, uh, the people behind the scene, knows who they are, knows right. what their deal is, knows all that. Uh, but he's frustrated. What's he say? He says, market's rigged. I mean, here's a major professional of multi-decades running a billion dollars of institutional money in the market's rigged. Well, gee, you can't say that. And he, uh, Well, he said it. Why did he say it? Because he's absolutely right. Why in the world would the market, let me see if I've got a chart in here. Why in the world would the market go 
from down here, or let's say from down here, I'm sorry, this chart's hard to see, but from down here all the way up here, when the economy here was much, much better and no problems at all, and now we've got only 61% people employed in Europe here? Come on, does that make sense anywhere on any planet in the universe? I don't think so. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, what's happened? Well, the guy just told us the market's rigged. Why is it rigged? Well, because there's an agenda by the people who are controlling the situation. This None of this is hard. This isn't hard. But when you're deeply brainwashed, and to some degree we all are, they've been doing this for many decades, and they know what they're doing. If their goal is to brainwash, guess what? They'll brainwash, and they'll do it successfully. And if people haven't seen that, with half of the country hating the other half, and there's no reason for anybody to dislike anybody on the other side at all, why would that happen? If they, exactly what they've been telling. They told us what they're going to do. I mean, they didn't advertise it on the front page of the New York Times, but uh, but it's out there. Uh, I mean, how in the world did the three presidents know in 1961, 60 years later, we don't know. Give me a break. Uh, anyway, it's rigged. So does the, what's the caveat? The caveat is the market's rigged. They want it to go up. Why? Well, because it's basically their companies that are wagging the tail going up. So they're making a ton of money. They don't care if you make a little bit of money. And when it serves their purposes to collapse this down so that they can take the rest of our real estate. In other words, they took a big chunk of it in 2008, didn't they? Over the next few years, uh, real estate uh, was uh, stranded. Uh, homes were vacant. People walked away from their mortgages. And the good little banks allowed their buddies to buy real estate for 17 cents on the dollar or whatever they paid for it, and then charge you really lofty uh, rental things, uh, uh, rental prices uh, in the process. So they made massive capital gains and got giant income while they were doing it, all to our detriment. And we uh, applaud them and thank them and say, thank you, sir, may I have another? So they said, sure, stick, stick with us. Continue to believe your TV, uh, become brainwashed, uh, fight for it, by the way, get angry, you know, be divisive, you know, tell them that you're, I'm number 17 on that sexual thing, whatever the heck that means, but be angry if uh, you're not being recognized, you know, and, and what do we do? We follow along like sheep. So now, not only are they poisoning us uh, <laughs> along with this, but they're setting up to take our real estate again. Uh, this time, they'll get the people that didn't learn the first time or the people that weren't exposed to the first time, and uh, and they'll they'll grab it again, uh, and and kill a bunch of us in the process because now we've allowed them uh, to uh, to to do their depopulation with uh, with no problem. So so there it is. Um, anyway, will this create a top? Uh, at this point, it should. Uh, will it be the top? It probably should be. Uh, is this a timing signal? No, it's not. And as long as we're going up, and as long as we don't break a trend line, and as long as our oscillators don't turn, turn down, and as long as any indicator that you have that you feel is better than that doesn't give you a sell signal, then you don't have a sell signal yet. So act accordingly. Uh, this was just showing those signals uh, on on the chart, and there are some other things that I mentioned here that aren't, you know, not really important for your audience. Uh, here is another chart. Um, Peter Eliades and I uh, 
uh, kind of share trend lines all the time. And Peter happened to see this on a semi-log chart on the S&P. And this goes all the way back uh, to 2010. And look at this line. This line hasn't been broken. Uh, it catches the 2010, which is the initial top. The 2011 was the top that most people talk about, but it catches that. Then it comes up here to 2014 and 15 and never get, gets, gets broken. Uh, it's right there. And then you fall away for almost seven years, and then you come up and touch it now. Normally, if you didn't have a rigged market, you just sell there. You just... Yeah, so let's close your eyes, go on vacation, and come back with the market somewhere down here. Um, do you do that now? Not on your life, you know. Now you wait for something to confirm it, and even that doesn't necessarily tell you that these guys are going to let this thing go down. Sooner or later, you know, an accident's going to happen, and it's going to go down, or they're going to say now is the time, and they'll do it. But but, uh, you know, I never I never would have believed I would have heard myself saying these words, but it's the truth. You know, and, you know, I I kind of like the truth and I, the people I hang around with like the truth, too. Uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of other people uh, apparently have no use for it, right. you know, don't like it yeah. at all. So That's true. This is the final one. When you don't know what's going on, go and take a look at the AD line and you still might not know what's going on. But... Here's the AD line dating back to uh, 2010. Same time, dating back to the same time. Here's this back there, going there. Now we look at the AD line. You've got this line, isn't that interesting? Uh, the AD line's completely different. Shouldn't look like that at all. Uh, here's the thing. This line doesn't touch along the way, but it hits up here when we had the top in June. The initial lines that I had in here, Dwayne, were from this low up to the 2020 low, 2016, 2020, pretty good lows. This breaks it, uh, big deal. It comes back and corrects it. I think that was, that was what, the Christmas low? I think so. Um, so this low and this low, that's a pretty good line. Parallel that off here. Gosh, it's a great line. Look at that. It keeps, it keeps, it, it, you know, it confines prices all the way along here. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll catch a top up here. Oh boy, it did it here. Uh-oh, <laughs> that wasn't the top, was it? It actually broke up through that, came back down beneath it, hit it up here once, fell away, and now it looks like it's hitting it again, but it's not. It's not quite there. What if it goes up over the next few days, hits this line, and that, you know, that kiss of the line underneath, sometimes the second time, and they fall away? Um, that'll happen. If that doesn't happen and it goes up, it's probably going up to this red line, that connects here and extends up here. But those are the three charts I wanted to throw in. Uh, and the only other thing I threw in was, you know, pray for Afghanistan and for the Americans left behind, the abandoned service dogs and any and all other victims of the most botched exit in American one, history. One of, the, uh, one of those news clips that I sent you, uh, Glenn Beck, who, has a nonprofit, but who used money out of his own pocket, not from his nonprofit. Uh, he financed the rescue of over 5,000 Afghani Christians, and he borrowed Kenneth Copeland's jet to do it. Kenneth Copeland, uh, the evangelist, has always taken a lot of heat because he has two jets, and people say that, you know, preachers shouldn't have things like 
corporate jets and such. But Kenneth has always said, well, but I use the jets for ministry purposes to go different places and help people. And I've got to say that while I'm, I don't promote the prosperity gospel as it is often preached, I do believe that God wants his children to be blessed. What father does not want his child to be blessed? And so what our U.S. government should have been doing but weren't doing, Glenn Beck, Kenneth Copeland, put their heads together, use Kenneth Copeland's jet and Glenn Beck's money, and they got 5,000 Afghanistan Christians out of that hellhole alive. I wish they, uh, that's, that's a wonderful thing, and, and uh, hopefully somebody uh, got the, some Americans out too. Um, maybe uh, there, there's... Yeah, I, I don't doubt like that there are some Americans. In fact, I have the... What is, let me see what this little clip says. <clears throat> you know, uh, Dwayne, think, think about it. If you're an American, and now the Taliban, and they had plenty of warning, they knew this was going to happen. He said endangered Everybody, Christians. Everybody knew it was happening. Uh, yeah, they Trump, knew it was coming. They were marching. You know, I mean, we've got eyes in the sky. We saw this militia marching towards Kabul. They were nothing to stop it. And when did they move? They, they, did they move when Trump was in power? No, no. no they did not. Because he told Trump them if they the, did, he would obliterate them. Yeah, Trump told the Taliban leader straight up, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we, you do anything like that, and you, you, I'm looking you in the eye. You're the one. We're coming. We know where you are. We'll eliminate you. You will be gone, and and so will a whole bunch of your other people. And did they listen? You bet they listened. They sure Why did. did they listen? Because they knew that he wasn't wasn't messing around. That's right. Uh, under Biden, all you got to do is look at this guy and realize that he's corrupt. You can probably pay him off, and he'll go along with you. I shouldn't say that, but um, but the guy's got a history. I'm not I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know if they look at the history. Mm -hmm. Now, does the news have a lot of history to come out? No. So you got to you got to dig it up. But you, there's there's a long history there. Uh, but they, needless to say, they knew that they could move and move freely, and they did. And that's where, when I tell people to study and learn and don't pay attention to what they're telling you, do your own work, if you did that, and if you were an American in Afghanistan, and if you saw what was happening, you would have known ahead of time and you would have known to get out of there because somewhere uh, and at some point it becomes a person's responsibility. God helps those who help themselves. Uh, it becomes a personal responsibility. And these people had that responsibility. Now, God bless them. They didn't know that. They were part of the American culture that has been dumbed down. That's not their fault. But what happens if, you, if I'm an American, I'm there with my family, and I start to see some Taliban out there, how motivated am I to go outside of my home and, and make my pillage up to wherever, to Kabul, where I have to, to, to get to the airport, to get to the airport? I think there was a whole bunch of people that you, I will guarantee you will never hear about because they'll never allow it to get to the press that, that have been, I, I don't even want to go there. You, you know what these people do to people that are Christians. It, it's not true. So 
uh, I, I, you know, none of this is on the news. Why not? Well, who in the world wants to incriminate themselves uh, publicly on the news? Yeah. They don't do it. The cabal doesn't tell you what they're going to do. Uh, you know, this, it, it gets remarkably simple. Now. This becomes, at this point in time, I mean, it's been well hidden before that. Nobody knew about the Wizard of Oz until they worked up the courage. Remember, they had to get the courage to go up there and look behind the curtain. They didn't know what they were going to find behind the curtain. There's just a little corrupt evil man there, that's all. And that's what we're looking at with the cabal, if the rest of us would wake up. Why do we allow them to poison us with not only a, a, something that's probably no more dangerous than the flu, if you think about it, the people that were dying, a lot of them were dying of old age or diabetes or cancer or whatever, and it got attributed to COVID. If you look at the real death numbers that came out of that, it was uh, not as much as a normal flu. The flu used to kill people particularly if they were old or had diabetes and cancer or something else along with it. So this is not a big deal. But the thing that's, that's dangerous is the vaccine. And that and there's all sorts of history on that. And they tell you exactly why it's dangerous. And how do you have something that kills young men when people in their 20s that are in the peak of their health are teenagers? And it, and, it, and it, you know, does it through the vascular system with these spike proteins. They tell you it's there. You can read it, but you're not going to see it in the news media, and you're not going to see it on Fox either. Well, gee, is Fox the saving grace of tell the truth? And No, they're the ones that just utilize that so that they can keep the balance of one side against the other. They're not going to tell you the stuff that's going to uh, point to them. Nobody on Fox is telling you about the cabal, are they? No, that's not happening, and nobody's telling you about the vaccine. You should get the vaccine. So... Fox is owned by the same people, you know, the same group of people on the same side as, as MSNBC and CNN. So, you know, the narrative, the important narrative, never comes public. And um, and by the way, this should be this should be a simple IQ test, shouldn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point, people yeah, if should, you, if you need to get should that, start to see this. That's one I've got to get. Okay. Uh, hey, thank you so much. Thank you, Garrett. Always a pleasure. Okay, guys, we're going to wrap this up okay. here real quick. Hey, can you uh, hang on just one second? Hey, Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you and your audience for oh, the time. Uh, let me ramble there a little bit, but I think this is really important. And, oh, always um, a pleasure. And it's, and it's something to watch. So I uh, appreciate it. And uh, Let's talk all the best to you. Okay. Yeah, perfect. I, I look forward to it, Dwayne. Okay. Thank you. Talk to you then. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, I just drew the, we talked about the exit signal on silver, that after this meteoric rise. I, I did, uh, uh, let me turn off my, uh, let me turn this. Okay, uh, a $1 move is five grand. The signal to go long and con the concierge alert was 24.10. So 25.10 would be worth five grand. Uh, the swing high was 24.94, but the official exit signal See how the step line is on the left side of blue and climbing, and it crosses over the first red candle that closes below the step line after it crosses over. That's the exit signal price, 24.80. So from 24.10 to 24.80 is 70 cents. That's 
30 cents short of a dollar, and a dollar move is five grand. So, S&P, we hit the zone, we came down to the zone, and now it looks like we're heading back to the zone. We're getting, looks like we could trigger again on the long side. On the Dow, from zone to zone to zone, we've pulled up to the BBC. We expect that to be good resistance until proven otherwise, so we should get another trigger on the short side. On the Russell, I've already drawn in the windows of opportunity here. Crude oil, triggered on the long side. Got rejected on the short side, pulling up to the BBC, which we expect to be good resistance until proven otherwise. And then a leg back down to the weekly trading zone. Gold, we've triggered nicely on the long CTA and we've got a window of opportunity right up here from about 1838 to 42 that's $400 per contract traded is what that would be worth and silver the next weekly trading zone the highest weekly trading zone is way up at 2560 I don't think we'll see that today now keep in mind what I said earlier the markets historically rally into a holiday weekend here in the U.S. Monday is Labor Day. It's a federal holiday. No banks, no mail, no radio program, no live training room. So when I sign off today, you can always reach us in the Telegram channels. Okay. We have public discussion groups. We have private discussion groups and you can always send a private message to myself to Valerie to Michael to Bert and as we close out the show we're putting in a doji on the daily so far still got a few hours to the close we hit the 62% fib extension overhead we found resistance which is what we would anticipate if we close with a do if we close just right where we are right now, I would consider that bearish and I would look for lower prices on the open Sunday night. So even though there's a Monday holiday and the stock market will not be open, futures will open for trading Sunday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. They will halt Monday at 12 noon Eastern and they'll reopen Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern for the Tuesday session. And there you have it. Let's go to our good word for the day. Yesterday, we talked about not meddling in other people's business. That's always a just a good rule of thumb. Today we'll talk about now, yesterday, stay out of other people's business, but today, let's communicate with our family. Proverbs 
A house is built by wisdom. Proverbs 24, 3. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. The storms of life will test whether or not you've done a good job with your family. An important key to succeeding at home is communication. So ask yourself these four questions. Number one, how well do I communicate with the people I love? You may have unwittingly adopted a style that doesn't work well for you. For example, do you like to retaliate? That has a degrading effect. Do you dominate? That has an intimidating effect. Do you isolate? That has a frustrating effect. Or do you cooperate? That has an encouraging effect. If you're in the habit of using any communication style other than a cooperative one, you must work to change it if you want to build a good relationship with your family. Now, I said I would ask you four questions. Here's number two. Have I identified my communication killers? So what would kill your communication? The internet, mobile phones, texting, and TV are among some of the most common culprits. Would it surprise you to know the average couple spends less than an hour a week in meaningful conversation, but yet they spend approximately five hours a day watching television. Question number three. Do I encourage everyone around me to speak their mind? And when they do speak freely, do I criticize, pout, or retaliate? Differences of opinion can be very healthy. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, 17. Handled respectfully, different opinions can make things better for everyone. And the fourth and final question. Do I think creatively? Do I spend time together with my family as a family? Do you call your spouse during the day and try to meet sometimes for lunch? Do you drive your kids to school or other activities that they might have? Soccer, ballet, you name it. Just so that you can have an opportunity to talk to them. Communication can happen anywhere, but it only happens when you choose to make it a priority. And that's our 
good word for the day. I do hope you have a great holiday weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Whoever you are, wherever you are, may God continue to richly bless you with his mercy and with his grace. And I'll see you at the bell. Remember this, there is no greater return on investment than to see a human life changed and given hope. As always, pray hard and trade safe. Any financial information discussed on this show is simply the opinion of our host, Dwayne Reeves, his co-hosts, and guests. To learn more about trading e-mini futures or to take a one-week free trial in our live trading room, call 1-866-928-3310. 866-928-3310. Information discussed on this radio program should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Always do your own due diligence and consult with a licensed securities broker or financial planner before making any investment decision. 